Should the Dallas Cowboys trade for all-pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we've got a lot of cowboy <laughs> things happening right now, so let's jump right into it. So there's some DeAndre Hopkins rumblings out there. It seems like the Cardinals are going to trade him this offseason. Do you think the Cowboys are interested, and should they be interested? Yeah, that's 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 a big question. Honestly, you know, we had to get into this show because we got into such a lengthy kind of back and forth conversation pre-show about this, and and we knew that this was going to be a topic of conversation. You know, I, I think there it's 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 complicated, right? Yeah. I think on a, on a ten thousand foot cl- uh, view, if you're just asking me, it, it, yes or no, do I want DeAndre Hopkins on this team? I'm saying yes. I, I want I DeAndre there. Hopkins yes, added. Here, uh, drilling down a little bit are on my concerns. Okay, like let's let's start from there. Yes, I will. Tra- I would like to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, I think the asking price that's being put out there in the media as a second round pick with a conditional other pick happening that seems pretty reasonable to me. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, we could comment on that separately if you want, but that seems reasonable enough to me. Yep. I think having a guy that can get open, who could, who has produced consistently still for, through all these years, uh, I think that 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 has value. I think he kind of fits the mold of the kind of receiver who can get open in the West Coast system. All that makes sense to me. The, the main concern I have, and I feel like you share this main concern, is that we generally feel like the Cowboys offense needs to find a way to get faster. And this is traveling in the opposite direction. DeAndre Hopkins, despite his ability, despite his ability to get open, despite his ability to make incredible catches, contested catches, uh, you know, and to produce at a high level, score touchdowns, get yards. He is not, uh, he's slower than CeeDee Lamb. He's slower than all the rest of the guys that you have on this team. He would be the slowest consistent receiver that you would have on this team. So, you're taking a team that you already have concerns about team speed on their in their offense in the Cowboys, and you're adding another piece that is another a great piece, and he will definitely be a huge part of the offense if you know he comes in and he can take this offense to another level for sure. But the concern is that it continues to actually slow the offense down even more. Um, with the only real recourse to kind of course correct on this at that point would be tight end. Uh, you know, maybe a, another running back that you could pair with Tony Pollard uh, instead of Zeke that has a, more speed there as well. You could probably go out and get another wide receiver, but I mean, now you're, I mean, depending on what happens with Gallup, now you're talking about a fourth wide receiver and that's on top of, uh, of the guys you have the already in waiting for, for line for spots. So 
those are my main concerns is, is not so much, is he a good player? Can he still produce? Will he help the Cowboys? I, uh, I think the answer to all of those is yes. Uh, my concern is that what is the kind of cumulative effect to adding, you know, a, a, another player that doesn't, you know, increase the team speed on this uh, for the Cowboys. I, I think for the most part I'm in, right? Like you yeah. mentioned the price fifth would be, it wasn't a Styles pick, 57, 58 a second round, like 58, I think. Yeah. Whatever. That's yeah. really not anything noteworthy. Considering, uh, real quick, real quick, because the other thing too is considering all the, I mean, you probably experienced this too. Considering that in all the mock drafts, no matter what simulator I use, every time I get to 58, that's I the hardest it. pick I have. Yeah. Like, that's because it. it's just like you, if you feel like you're washed, you feel like you either want to trade yeah. down or trade up a little bit. It just seems to be, and look, the draft doesn't always end up that way, but to me, that really kind of that yeah. plus the fact that the Cowboys have a history of not really hitting on these second round picks, give, give away the second <laughs> round pick if you need to, man. Like just give just get something in return that isn't a bust that I would be happy with. And the overall contract is pretty reasonable for the team yeah. that gets them. It's basically two years, thirty five million. So what is that? I'm not great at math. Seventeen and a half million mm-hmm. a season, which is probably below market value and Hopkins has already gone on record saying that he'll work with a team on the contract, whether he want you know, you need to add another year to kind of spread out some of the cap hits. So that part of it's really nice. I do have some concerns about speed, as you mentioned. And then on top of that, can you afford to pay Deandre Hopkins, 17 million, Michael Gallup, 13 and a half million. And Oh, by the way, CD lamb's contract is coming up, right? That's a lot of money invested into three receivers. I think you could figure it out, and the, the honest answer is one of those three guys probably just isn't on the roster next year, right? Or CD or CD Lamb has to get his new contract sooner than later, right? Because they would have yes. to like move the money around in a way that it, like they'll backload it, right, yeah. so that it can all fit. Yeah. Yes. The other thing that does concern me a little bit is he turns thirty-one in June, which yeah. isn't super old. But when you compare it to a lot of the other receivers kind of of his era, I mean, Landon, they all fell off at like age 30 or 31 between AJ Green was done, completely done at 31. Julio was done at 31. Des was done at 29. Demaris Thomas was done at 30. Uh, Allen Robinson basically done at 28. So while I think his game was going to age better than a lot of those receivers because he doesn't rely on athleticism, it is a tad concerning when you start getting these receivers that are into their thirties. I, I definitely agree. Like, I think that that is a thing. Um, I also think that he has aged better than those guys uh, yes, because yeah. I mean, if you look at the way at the, at just last year, how he played, I didn't see a ton of drop off. Now there's production drop off because he had to deal with a litany of terrible backup quarterbacks in and a, a system. Yeah, and a suspension, and in a system that, frankly, by the time he got back into it, is notorious for falling off the cliff in the last half of the yeah. season. Um, I, I think that, you know, like physically, and here's the other thing, too, that that's kind of the counterbalance my earlier point. His game is not built on speed. No, you know, his game not. is not built on explosion, certainly not the way Des Bryant's game is built, certainly not the, the way that uh, uh, you know, even Julio Jones was certainly built. The, the reason that a guy like Julio Jones and some of these other guys were able to kind of continue to p- keep playing in the league is that they have 
uh, 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 you know, a skill set, a, a wide receiver skill set that exists outside of their athleticism. Like they can get open without the elite athleticism because they have experience at that point. I, I think that Hopkins has an element of that where he understands nuance of the position. Uh, his game will age well. And I think as long as that knee checks out and he's like, I think a year and a, and some months, I'm almost a year and a half away from that MCL injury. Um, I, I think that, that he should be able to, I, I think, you know, look, this is a guy, he's probably going to miss a game or two. Like, he's just, you know, that's just because of how physical he tends yeah. to play or a flare up or something. But I, I don't necessarily worry about uh, his game falling off a cliff quite yet. It feels yeah. like he's still playing good football and we haven't quite seen the decline yet. I think a lot of what we've seen in his number, you know, kind of going back and forth have to do with the circumstance of, you know, obviously his suspension and frankly, you know, Arizona, despite having Kyler Murray and, and, and uh, you know, all the, 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 the hot shot aspects that we all expected out of the Arizona offense, let's say in early 2021, we've, we've seen that cliff uh, Kingsbury's offense, Fell off a cliff. I mean, like, that's something that's been happening with him since college. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, it just kind of never – it all just fizzled out. The offense never went the way it did. Murray never kind of took that next step seemingly. Uh, and it just never really kind of worked out with Hopkins in the way it should have. Let's we, – we just got done talking about all the reasons why it's a little concerning. But let's talk about why this does make sense for the Cowboys and how Hopkins can, can help this offense next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from money lines to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting uh, partner of the NBA. All right, later, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Let's say the Cowboys do this move, and it costs them 58, one of their fifth-round picks, and ultimately Hopkins agrees with one of your extension to kind of smooth the money out. What would make you excited about this move? Well, I mean, it's just a reliable, consistent, uh, dangerous player who you're going to be putting in maybe the best, most advantageous position he's had in his career, right? Where he's not being forced to be the focus point of the offense. Uh, he's actually, you know, the secondary weapon. Uh, most of the attention will be on CD Lamb. And this is a guy that probably hasn't seen a bunch of single coverage in the last few years. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I think the opportunity to kind of play against the not only just single coverage, but also potentially, you know, cornerback twos on some of these teams. Uh, it's, you know, that's going to really, really help kind of, uh, you know, stop that curve that, that you see for the age where the, the drop off happens, right? Is like he's, his job is suddenly going to become a lot easier than it has been ever before. So I think just in a sense that, there are times when this offense struggled to uh, consistently uh, 
create first downs or or you know just have reliable. There's been times when they had unreliable pass catchers on the outside, right? They couldn't they couldn't just rely on a guy to win one on one coverage, make a difficult catch, and convert the the, the first mm-hmm. down. That's what this guy is going to do all day. Like he he could be your third down specialist. You want to put all the attention on whoever our tight end is on 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 CD Lamb and and leave and leave uh, uh, Hopkins in single coverage. Great. That we'll 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 take Hopkins on a slant route versus almost any corner in the league, or you know. And and, and I think that that's really the thing about his game is that he's a contested catch uh, th- catcher. He he can go up in the air and get the ball. He's we've all seen the kind of. Des Bryant esque kind of you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, leaping catches, but he's also a, a very reliable hands catcher, and I think that that's something that you know despite all the 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 stuff that uh, all the the skills that the different wide receivers had in the Cowboys last year, they didn't have a guy who was a reliable hands catcher, you know, like huge catch radius guy that Dak can look to get the ball to. Uh, and, and, and tight situations and, and, and feel confident that he will come down with the football the way that you wanted Gallup to kind of come back to, the way that you can rely on C.D. Lamb, but the problem is is that he was the only person. So I think this provides another very stable uh, 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 wide receiver who can catch the ball, who can convert, uh, and who can also play above the rim if you need to. If you get down to the red zone, he can become a red zone threat as well. Yeah, so I mean – Obviously, having him in one-on-one situations is going to be awesome, right? And if you happen to lose Dalton Schultz in free agency, which I think you're going to do, I think he could actually help you in some of the same ways, right? If you want to line him up in the slot and give him free releases and kind of transition him into a Larry Fitzgerald role as he gets older, I think he could do that really, really well. The other thing about Hopkins that does make me excited is I think this would be the the most accurate quarterback that he's ever played with. I'm going to read read you a list of the quarterbacks that have thrown a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins in his career. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Deshaun Watson, Matt Schaub, Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, Kyler Murray, Ryan Mallett, Case Keenum, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Trace McSorley, uh, and a couple others. But that's the list. And if you put him with a quarterback like Dak that throws in rhythm, that throws with timing and accuracy and anticipation, maybe you see that kind of prolong his career a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the combination of both those things you just we just mentioned, right? The the uh, the 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 downgrade in coverage that he's going to see on a week to week basis, the 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 less difficult assignments that he's going to have on a week to week basis, and then on top of that, he's got a better quarterback throwing the football to him. I mean, I think you know Deshaun Watson, I think is comparable, obviously, back at his prime before all that hubble happened, and and look at the numbers he put up with with Deshaun Watson, yeah. <laughs> right? all pro numbers, like you know, top of the best wide receiver in football at that time, yeah. you know, like yeah. so. Yeah, and then I, you know, I think it's pretty it's pretty easy to, to go through his numbers and see the lines of demarcation as to when you know Kyler Murray wasn't in the lineup or or Deshaun Watson was in the lineup, and, and you see exactly the shallow parts of his of his game, so or of his of a statistical output at least. Um, yeah, I think that those are all good points. I, I, I just think it's a situation where. Um, you know, we all kind of are comparing it to what he's done previously and, and, and like, oh, what can he do for us here? But you have to like try to imagine what it's going to be like when inserted into our offense, right, and how he will operate. And I think that alleviation of all the stress of not being the guy – I mean, 
the guy to the point that last year, like you pointed out, he played in nine games and had 90 targets. Like he was averaging 10 targets. targets. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 you know, he had, he had, he was averaging more than 10 targets a game. Like, and, and not that I don't think he wants that, but I, I think that the, the pressure of being the kind of only yeah. engine of the offense is something that he's not going to have to worry about when he's playing with Dallas. And I, I'm looking at the numbers right now because I remember watching the game. They played Tampa on a Thursday night game, uh, or Sunday, Sunday night game, and he was open all game long against Jamel Dean, who's going to get absolutely paid in free agency. He got one pass for four yards on 11 targets in that game because the quarterback play was so bad. So you put him with a quarterback that knows where to put him, the, you know, put the ball, can get him in the ball when he's moving rather than having to make a ridiculous catch every single time he's targeted. And I think you could get a pretty good player. Now, the one thing I will say, I did push back a little bit on Twitter that when people were saying he's still a top five receiver, I, I just don't think he is anymore because yeah. there is a little bit of a lack of quickness. But I think he could still be like a super high-end number two receiver on the right team, and that's what we're looking for here, guys. Yeah, I think, you know, look, there's there's several ways to get those kind of high-end number twos, right? You draft a guy when you already got a guy, which which – you know, obviously that makes sense. You develop both of these guys and one of them is slightly better than the other. Or you get a guy who has formerly been a number one and is looking for a change of scenery, looking to move into the latter part of his career and is ready to thrive on a little bit easier situation and not have to be the kind of, like I said, guy to carry the water for an offense. So uh, I think, you know, he, he, DeAndre Hopkins seems like a pretty smart dude. Um, and, and, and I think there's a reason that he's willing to be a little bit flexible with some of the money and he's willing to move on. I think he's just ready to kind of get away from the nonsense. He's been in Houston and then the last three years in Arizona. And, and I mean, there's just been a lot of terrible crap that's gone in, in both of those places the last few years, maybe. And, and look, we can say what you want about the Cowboys and, and the Cowboys is absolutely a circus, but I would say that. Yeah, at, for a player's point of view, Fair this may be difference. a much more stable situation than he's ever been in. And on top of that, it's it's a a class of organization that is, you know, the the, the Texans, Cardinals, they 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 do a good job, but I, I, he's never I mean, played but, for like a, like a crown jewel organization, despite being an all pro, like you know, and and probably on the all decade team. I mean, just think of the last five years for him. He's dealt with the Bill O'Brien disaster, yeah. the Jack Esterby or Easterby thing, yep. which was ridiculous. He goes to Arizona, and their GM gets in trouble for some off the field stuff, and his head coach gets fired, and there's just a lot of crap. I mean, then he has, has to deal with the Deshaun Watson thing, like just a lot of crap going on. And obviously, Dallas has their own stuff, but he's going to a, an organization that's. I can't believe I'm saying this pretty stable for the most I part. Mean, like say what you want about the Cowboys. I mean, they're stable almost to a fault at this point, yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think there's some appeal there. I, we've got some other Cowboy news that we want to talk about specifically mm-hmm. Tyron Smith. Uh, when we get, get back. All right, Landon, we just got done talking about DeAndre Hopkins and whether or not the Cowboys will pull the trigger on that move. We'll see. We should hear within the next week or so. We also got a little bit more information about, uh, the Cowboys in their cap space in, in the last uh, day. According to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Cowboys are working on, I should say this, reworking the deal of Tyron yeah. Smith. 
They're not a restructure. I saw some people say the Cowboys are trying to restructure it. It was a reworking <laughs> it's of not, the deal. It's not a setback, and it's nothing to be worried yes. about. <laughs> well, I, I, I just saw that. It's like, and I saw everybody automatically saying, "Oh, why are they restructuring its deal?" I wonder if that's not the case here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I think what was announced was very uh, just nondescript. It was just like kind of they are working on a deal. They're, they they want to bring Tyron Smith back. Tyron Smith wants to come back. They mentioned the number. I think it was 13.5 or something like that. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, the, I think it's basically just kind of more of an announcement that these two sides are trying to work towards an agreement to bring him back and potentially reduce his number so that they can have more cap flexibility. Let's say that happens. Let's say they ultimately sign him to a one-year extension just to kind of flatten up the money. What happens on the offensive line then? It's a great question. I mean, I tend to think that they it probably means that you're sliding Tyler Smith back into guard, uh, that he becomes your left tackle backup. You obviously have Terrence Steele coming back at the right side. Um, and then you need to figure something out at your backup interior guy. You need to figure something out as in your backup right tackle situation. Uh, and I think you've got candidates for each of those. And then also obviously the draft, if you want to go that route. Um, Jason I, I, Peters maybe coming back as the swing tackle again. I mean, I think if he wants to, if he's interested and the price is right, I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that. I mean, I he's just like, think- he took vet minimum last year for Dallas. I can't believe yeah. that the price had gone up in a year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if 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 he's willing to come back, I I think that I would probably have him back just to have another voice in the room, and we'll see if he you know makes it all the way through training camp and all that. And like you know, if if someone comes in and takes his spot, that's great. But I think it's, or, it wouldn't be bad. To- or he just doesn't sign until after training camp, like last year, basically. Well, there could be that as well. I, I mean, I really wish he would come into the, the training camp because it would be nice to have him out there. And even if he just like didn't ever practice, you know, it'd just be nice to have him in, just, around those guys, right? I, I, yes, but at the same time, like I don't think he wants to oh, have don't his pockets booked up, right? Yeah. I, I'm 42 and I barely want to go out to training camp, so. <laughs> and um, you're just watching. Yeah, and I'm just watching. So uh, yeah, I've, so. I, I, I just wonder if that's like a wink, wink deal with Jason Maybe. Peters. Like, hey, stay in shape, and you know, when September first comes around and we're back, oh, you're not late August. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on back, but yeah, you you probably don't need to do it right now, right? And no. frankly, it might depend on what happens with well, let's go and ball in the off season, right? If if let's say well, let's go just takes monster steps, and it looks like he could be a real player. Do you need Jason Peters around? Potentially taking yeah. a spot on the active roster. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, right? Let's say well, let's go really plays, you know, really gets into the weight room this this year, uh, you know, develops a little bit, it understands what his assignment is a little bit. It gets to the point where maybe you're not quite ready for him to be, you know, uh the swing right tackle, but he's close enough that you feel like he's gonna get there, you know, uh, in the season. Maybe you, you don't need Jason Peters, or maybe you you wait on making the call, right? Mm-hmm. Until you, you get an opportunity to actually throw well let's go out there and, and let him sink or swim you know just wow. have jason peters there on on your rolodex would be helpful just to go back to tyron smith really quickly um i'm all in giving him another year right if he wants sure. to come back and play yeah even at that was it 13 million who cares there's going to be a lot worse offensive linemen that get paid in free agency more than 13 million that don't have the pedigree that tyron smith does i 
sign me up. And I know there's a good chance he misses a lot of the season because it's what's happened the last few years. But if he plays anything like he did in the playoff games, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Well, yeah, I think now that you've got Tyler Smith, it makes a lot of sense. That's, But that's, again, why you know I would say you, you need to have a really solid backup guard situation. Because, okay, now you've got a plan for Tyron Smith goes down. You just swing Tyler back out there. You put in another guard. Or I mean, you could you could say Jason Peters if you want to go that route. Probably not. But though. but I, I think to me, honestly, like you could make an argument that Tyler Smith might be the best tackle on this team. Or you know, I think he he's in the conversation to the point where you know the reason you're putting him in a guard is simply because you have three starting tackles mm-hmm. and, and you can't play them all, right? So uh, I, I think that I, I think that if you can figure out a situation where you have a backup guard that you like enough that if if Tyler needs to swing outside, um, that he that you plug him into into the guard spot. I think that that's a good plan for having. That's your Tyron Smith insurance, right? Like, okay, we we know that he may we may not. We know that he will not play all 17, 16 yeah. games this year. Yeah. You know. Um, 17 games, but but that doesn't mean that that we don't ha- want him for as many as we can get, and that we don't have a plan in place for when eventually he has to sit out for a couple games. There's a there's a guard that's working with Duke Manyweather, um, and working with Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith right now in Dallas. Uh, maybe I'll save it for I won't even tell you who it is. I'll save it for tomorrow's show when we do some free agents uh, rankings. Had a guy that the, the Cowboys could potentially target. Next Love a tease. Love a tease. Yeah. Love a tease. Uh, that is it. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown NFL Draft Show. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, go follow us on uh, YouTube. Check it out over there, Locked On Cowboys. Go follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.